What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the compound on the west side of Summershade, Kentucky, two guys who have run out of ideas for clever intros, it's the KY Sports Guys. Hello again, everybody. It's Podcast 85, and that is absolutely true. Jordan DeWeese just said it. We have run out of all the ideas we have for clever intros, although I I say that's absolutely true. We've talked about having Jordan back and and doing some different ones, so maybe maybe the creativity could get going if we ever ever got to see him and get him over here and go. I tell you, the most creative guy with me, as always, for Podcast 85 on the KY Sports Guys, the KYSportsGuys.com, is the Stock Tony. How are you doing today? Hey, man. Thanks for the... Thanks for the uh, compliment. I was again though. If you listen last week, you said something about gentlemen or something, and I said I was looking behind myself to find out <laughs> who you're talking about. Again, I, I turned to look, and you were talking about the most creative guy. I was like, who's who's in the building? I, I think know last that. week I said you were the smarter Whoa, of the two of us. Yeah, and I may have said smartest, which only shows that you're the smarter because <laughs> there's only two. And this week I'm saying you're more creative, which I do think is accurate. To be very fair. Never would English teachers correct each other or anyone else no. on Twitter, for instance, oh. on on his or her uh, use of the English language, like we both might have done to a very distraught U of L fan. <laughs> that was, I know you hit the apostrophes for possessives. Yeah, but you got to it first. <laughs> I just had to find something else. Out of all the out of all the twittering I've done in the last week and a half, the most fun was reading this this random rant by this poor Louisville fan. He just couldn't take it anymore. You know, just every 10 minutes he was thinking of it. Like it was like a huge tragedy or something. You know, it's just a game. And he was trying to get there. He was trying to say, you know, I know it's not that important, but it's just killing me. But then he said, I can't stand it when they're losing. Losing. L-O-O-S-I-N-G. And that's not the first time I've seen it. I see it a lot. Oh, yeah. When you lose a game, that's L-O-S-I-N-G. If it's if it's the I-N-G, that part of it. If it's L-O-S-E, it's just one O. That's the point. Oh, no. Or loosing, like you, you let like, go of an arrow, exactly. loose an arrow. You loose an arrow. What's or, what's it when they leave one O in there, but people put two S's? Lossing. <laughs> yes, also <laughs> bad. what you do when you don't have all your teeth, but you uh, still want to get between them with some thread. So, so thank you to the two or three who are still listening to Podcast 85. That's the English teacher rant for today. Loosing and losing. And lossing. Two different words. And, Not a word. And you need an apostrophe when you're doing possessives. Usually. Most definitely, unless yeah. it's a possessive pronoun like it is. Then you don't, really. No, because it makes a contraction of it is. <laughs> All right, thank you and good night. Thank okay. you and good night. We've ruined the whole show. <laughs> Podcast 85, by the way. 
I think you said that already. Well, yeah, we were doing great. I'm looking for the sponsorship cards. Do we have those? Oh, around? yeah, we have them somewhere. Uh, yeah, who knows where they be? You just keep talking. I can go get them. That'd be great. So, Podcast 85, we have a lot to talk about besides the sponsors, which we're going to get to in just a second. But to give you a preview, guess what we're going to talk about? No doubt about it. We're going to talk about perhaps the greatest, most exciting, no matter which side you are on, the most exciting football game in the history of the renewal of the UofL-UK rivalry, the Governor's Cup, could not have been a more exciting game to watch. I just I couldn't believe it. I was listening to it. Uh, here's something ironic, Stock Tony. You're back. I'm listening to it on the way to Nashville, Lipscomb uh, girls women's basketball game against Charleston Southern. I'll talk a little bit about that later. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to 95.1, so I'm listening to the U.K. network. Then I get towards Nashville, and it, it fades away. You know who they have on XM? U of L, so I have to flip oh. over and listen to U of L, who does a great job. I love, I think it's Paul Rogers and that crew. They do a great job. I like them very much as well. So I got to listen to both sides. Then I went back and found a YouTube feed. This was fascinating. It's UK Basketball Live. And make sure you get all those L's in there. Basketball, two L's, live, another L. So three L's in a row. And they have actually taken the ESPN broadcast and put Mike Leach over the top of it. Oh, that's a, that is neat. Yeah. So you get the Homer broadcast. So. You get yeah, you get the whole thing. So, and I said Mike Leach. It's not Mike Leach. Tom it's Tom Leach. Leach. Mike Leach coaches for Washington State. So, my apologies to Tom Leach, but we he does a great lie. job. We love Tom Leach and Jeff Pacora. When I said it, you ever or do Mike that? Mike Leach. I, I said it, and I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> I know it's not Mike Leach. Oh goodness! Hey, it's oh, gonna be I, a fun I called podcast. Austin McGinnis, Jeff McGinnis, and Money McGinnis. I'm now moniker giving that moniker. I don't know if I gave him that or not, but. I probably didn't, but Money McGinnis. Here's a funny one that I do all the time. Louisville fans are going to hate me here. Brandon Radcliffe is the running back. Fine running back for UofL. I actually was engaged just recently. I think proposed on the yeah, field. On the I hope field. it goes well. I, I, congratulations to him and his fiance. But I have called him, I think, Theo Ratliff <laughs> on every, which just could not be farther well, from the NBA, right guy. They're athletes, both. <laughs> That's about, about all. Oh, so my apologies to Brandon Radcliffe as well. Look, we'll do it again. I think I mess up my own name a lot. So let me tell you something I'm not going to mess up this time. I'm not going to mess up the sponsors. And we're excited to say that the KY Sports Guy is sponsored by Stull's Country Store since 1972. Step back in time with old-fashioned sales and service. 4385 Rodelia Road, Painville, Kentucky. The phone number is 270-496-4169, Marlinda Stoll, proprietor, and don't be fooled by the Painville. It's really Andyville. Yeah, and, and you know, Christmas is coming up with that old country store mentality. I bet there's something there that you couldn't get anywhere else for Christmas. Oh, I guarantee it. It, it would be the place to shop. You know, this past weekend was like local shopping Saturday. Small business Small Saturday. business Saturday. Yeah. Where better to be than Stahl's Country Store if you had a chance? That would be a great place to be. Speaking of small businesses, uh, Double D's Barbecue Chilling and Grilling, and they do some great work, uh, but we know them well. David and Dawn uh, DeVore are the owners. Also, Stub, 270-590-5535, catering available. Book your events with Double D's Barbecue, weddings, fundraisers, reunions, birthdays, picnics, or any special occasion. They're on Facebook and Twitter, 270-590-5535. I'll have to ask Double D. I bet they've got some stuff coming up. I bet they have some openings for some Christmas uh, catering and some stuff of that nature. I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people have their Christmas parties, and it gets to the point maybe where as families grow and and people aren't able to cook anymore, and some people, maybe the younger generation, just doesn't want to do that part of the thing. Uh, Call up Double D's. It'd be perfect. something great. They would do a wonderful job, and they're willing again to travel and, and take care of you. 
KY Sports Guys also sponsored by Jerry Garris, 270-668-6948. That's the number you need to call if you're a coach out there and you need any kind of locker room improvements or enhancements. If you're a business owner and you need some LED messaging, message boards, call Jerry Garris, 270-668-6948. Thanks to the sponsors of the KY Sports Guys. You know, here's what I would, I, those Christmas trees, you know, uh, on like peanuts, you know, they got the uh, aluminum Christmas yes, trees. Remember? Oh, yes. And then, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Christmas trees later on. A little bit of a teaser there. <laughs> but uh, wonder, I wonder if they have, like, some Christmas trees, some LED Christmas trees that Jerry Garris could, I don't know. Could he get you that for your gymnasium? That would be outstanding, which it's is cool, ironic right? you say that, because what is our, our memory of the old Metcalf County gym? The tree in the corner. It's yeah, the big tree in the corner. With that, or an LED tree. It wouldn't burn be, down. No, it would been crazy. We wouldn't have any worries. Oh, we're, we're jumping ahead. We are. Something we are. Right now. <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Exactly. Hey, is, is there a better time in the world, and we've said this many times in our podcast, to be a, a sports fan in the state of Kentucky? Because you've got UofL football, despite the loss, still really good year. UK football, a possible corner turning season. Western Kentucky University is going to host the Conference, Conference USA, USA Championship exactly Saturday, again, right? exactly yeah. second year in a row, I think, or maybe more, and they have a huge home winning streak, so a chance to be conference champion. They're going to go to a bowl, and guess what? Other sports happening. Uh, I think they're getting ready to play here in just a little while. When we get over the podcast, we're going to watch it. basketball. It's basketball time in the Bluegrass High School hoops starts tonight. High school hoops. Kentucky plays Louisville off to a good start, and I know we're going to get to it later. But I want to say to our Louisville contingency. That loss to Baylor was totally a legs loss. That, that, you know, you're up 20, 22, and you've played three days in a row, and you've played overtime, and you're playing so far from home. I am absolutely not concerned about UofL on the basketball floor, despite their giving up a 22-point lead. Yeah, that kind of thing happens, as you said, three days in a row. Uh, these early season games, we even talked about it. I don't expect Kentucky to go 100% through to the SEC. There are too many tough games. When you're playing three in a row, that's just, that just really asking for it anyway. You know, even tonight, we're going to talk football in just a second, but, and we're going to get to basketball later, but I want to say they're playing Arizona State, but they're playing them in the Bahamas. Even that is a daunting task. Arizona State's plenty good enough, and you're playing far from home, and you're playing in a place that's probably not used to housing Division One college basketball. So be interesting to see what the Cats do tonight. Oh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting look if it's the same place that, so I'm, I'm thinking of it's pretty much a ballroom. I think right? it is, yeah. So they're used to playing in one of the very biggest places to play basketball on earth. Now they're playing in a broom closet, basically. You got it, with two goals on either end. Yeah, and so that can throw off everything. The lucky thing about it is, and we'll get to Cats basketball, as I said, more later, but I don't even think we have to rely. And even though they're going to pack in, they're going to pack in the zone. I've already heard. I think our athleticism is going to get us enough just breakaways that we wouldn't even have to rely on great shooting tonight. I meant to say that we're not the stats place of the world, but we provide, I hope, some insightful analysis. And you said three, four, five podcasts ago that you anticipated Kentucky to be more of that 90s-style, aggressive defensively, a lot of steals and layups. And then you watch what Malik Monk has done, all those guards together. I won't name everybody. And that's exactly what's happening. A lot of tips, a lot of deflections, a lot of steals. And, you know, they're throwing it up off the backboard and doing windmills. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to watch, and I think you're going to see that continue. Again, that's going to cause some – sometimes the defense will break down because of that when you miss that steal. But, dude, man, they, they're just the longest team. I, they just seem longer than any team. And we've had some really tall, 
uh, lengthy things, but they just seem longer and lankier than anything I can remember. There you, I agree. And if you're into UK basketball talk, we're going to do that later. But we're, first, we've got something that I think was maybe the college football sporting event of the year. I know the Michigan-Ohio State game was a great game, double overtime, et cetera, but I can't imagine in a rivalry game that there was a better football game. And I'm not saying this just because Kentucky won. Had Louisville punched it in, I think it was, still would have been an instant classic. But the way it went down, UK, 28-point underdogs. And to win 41-38 in just an absolute shootout. I've not seen a better UofL-UK game. I haven't seen a better college football game all year. Uh, it was great to watch. Uh, just looking back, and you're more the UK historian than, than me, which which win ranks up there as more impressive? Is the LSU number one win? Uh, is it the beating Tennessee to break the streak win? Or what, where does this win rank? Because it's, it's got to be at their top one, or one, two, three, somewhere around there. And, you know, I hate to be the guy because I always preach against this. You know, I, I preach against a lot of things, and then I turn around and do them. So I guess that's not right. I don't know that it's not the best win. You hate to be prisoner of the moment. Exactly. Uh, I hate to be that guy. But, you know, you look back and you say maybe Rich Brooks, when Stevie Johnson caught that pass against UofL, uh, Cragthorpe was the coach, and it was a top 25 win, and it really propelled that team forward. But then come to find out Louisville wasn't very good. Okay, so, so that kind of takes a little bit off of that. The LSU game, that was a huge game, but it also it slogged on, and it took like eight and a half hours. And, and I remember leaving that game. I was so excited leaving the Louisville game. I was excited leaving the LSU game, but I was drained in a totally different way. And then I think LSU went on to still win the national title. And and that was in the middle of the year, correct? Like we still correct. had two games to go. This one, at the very end of the year here, going into a bowl and, and propelling us to a better bowl. And I'm so glad you said that because that's what I would say also because – after the LSU game, they lost to Florida. They lost to Tennessee in a heartbreaker, three overtimes. Lona Seaver had a field goal block that could have won it. And so the season didn't end well, even though they had that win. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put those two up there. You know, I remember back, and, and they beat Georgia at home and Rich Brooks the year before that to kind of save his job in the same way that Mark Stoops probably saved his job with the effort that, that UK put forward. I think either of those games, you know, you could put a lot of them up at the top. But, or, or, you know, beating Spurrier for the first time. Uh, that was some exciting times. This might have been the U.K. football victory that I can remember. Well, again, hate to be prisoner in the moment, but it could have been any more fun. You're talking about beating Spurrier. I mean, that, that team they beat wasn't that good. Correct. In hindsight. Again, mm-hmm. uh, the Tennessee win was fun, breaking that streak, but it wasn't a pretty game to watch. It was very low scoring. Uh, well, I don't remember what the Tennessee wasn't real it wasn't good. good it was kind of the decline of Tennessee there where that was happening, and, and they're still struggling, by the way. Vanderbilt just took them to the woodshed, which I, I always enjoy. I like Vanderbilt. Kind of root for them as an underdog football team. So, yeah, and I think they ended 5-7. and seven. So it, it didn't even propel them to a bowl. And Joker the next year just kind of tanked out altogether, so. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we're not being one to be prisoner of the moment, but not only did this propel us to bowl, not only did it take us from being uh, six and six to seven and five to a better bowl, as you said, it sort of could have been the, the corner turning season. That's what we've been talking about all year. This was Brooks, uh, excuse me, this was uh, Stoops' do or die year pretty much. He, he was very close. You go back to listen to podcast. I don't know, whatever, 70, September, 70-something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we keep saying this could be one of those things where you just want to circle the wagons and lose a, lose a couple more games and get rid of Bro- of uh, Stoops. I've got Brooks on the brain. Now. Well, it was the same story, and, and that's we what I said, compared it to actually in a piece I wrote yesterday. We said, you know, will this end like it did for Brooks? Because Brooks was sitting on that same kind of precipice. He was sitting there just about to go over the cliff or or be the champion, and he, he saved it. And the same thing was happening to Stoops. And I said incorrectly, and I'll say this to anybody, I said I don't think he's the same kind of leader that Brooks was. Brooks was tougher than the streak, tougher than all those things. I didn't see it in Stoops. I was very wrong. Very wrong and glad to be wrong. Stoops with that don't flinch mentality. The kids apparently took it to heart. Uh, and it also helps to have a kicker that can make 47 and 50-yard field goals. Money. Man, is he. Money. McGinnis, that's two big ones. And they're. What, what's the aggregate on? What's the average? Excuse me on those about fifty yards. Oh, the yeah. average right around. Sure, yeah. Uh, let, let's let's give a shout out to somebody who we've probably mentioned a time or two, but uh, Eddie Grant has changed this, this program so much. First of all, he's got great backs to work with. But I tweeted this out: How many people on planet Earth saw saw that pass coming first play of the game? Not me, but Stevie Johnson did. Yeah. Okay. Well, Stevie Johnson. <laughs> that was a great look. Did you see that? Where I he saw was he smiling. Tweeted. No, I missed that. Then did he tweet oh, something? No, he was. There's a, a close up of him, and before he takes the play, he looks oh, around. Stephen Johnson. Stephen Johnson. I thought yeah. you said Stevie. Uh, Why well, so serious? Yeah, Stevie I'm sorry. Tweeted. I'm oh, sorry. Well, Stephen, Stevie, Stevie, and your brother-in-law. Stevie and my brother-in-law, and the guy who wrote um, that book about London. That's right. Uh, you read that. It's really good. Stephen. Stephen Johnson. <laughs> that sounds like a toe tapper. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Johnson. You're right. He was. He was smiling ear to ear. Uh, I think everybody thought that that. Uh, that sweep, that jet sweep is going to be running. Sure. Or, or something that affects because our running game is so great that it's allowed that pass. It allowed it against Georgia. It allowed it against Austin P. It allowed it yesterday, and it finally worked yesterday when they finally made the catch, yes. which always helps. It always helps if you catch it. I, I want to bring this up, not to pat myself on the back, but if you're not going to our website, go to it. So many good things that are out there to read, and reading's good for you. It's important to read. One of the things I wrote today and put out there is that this Kentucky win changes all the narratives. And I didn't go into everything I could have because you bring up another one that died. Think about that first game. Who was the offensive coordinator for Southern Miss? You remember, it was the guy that we had last oh, year, yeah. Shannon Dawson. And the narrative after that game was Shannon Dawson, he whipped us, we should have kept him, he was a genius, we just didn't know it. It wasn't on Shannon Dawson, and we apologized to Shannon Dawson, which we probably should have. Come to find out, now that this is all over, who looks like the offensive genius? Well, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Grant. Grant. Yeah. Eddie Grant's been around the SEC. This is not his first uh, SEC job. Which was the problem doing. with Shannon Dawson. We felt like he was overmatched stepping into the SEC. And what, I don't know. I think I think a lot of fans probably realize this and, and know this, but uh, at Ole Miss, Chan, um, Eddie Grant had a great back. He had Deuce McAllister there. At Auburn, he had two great backs. He had Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. He knows how to do this with great running backs. And he's got this year. He had three really great or good. Next year, he's still going to have two plus a third coming in with King. I mean, um, coming up, I guess. Yeah, the freshman sophomore because he looked great in that. Albeit an Austin P game, but still, uh, I think he's got some talent there too. He knows how to do that. And Stephen Johnson just uh, seems to be making strides every week. You know, you wonder a few things. You wonder if the Drew Barker injury kind of forced Eddie Grant's hand and they went back and kind of huddled up, which uh, coaches do a lot of times. They say, hey, you know, the plan we had, it's not going to work. Let's go and and reboot this thing. Credit the U.K. staff in general 
both offensively and defensively. You remember that uh, Mark Stoops took more of a hands-on approach to the defense. That really helped. You know, I'm nothing against the guy who's running it, but that really helped. DJ Elliott, I guess. Yeah. And then you look at Eddie Grant and, and Henshaw and those guys, and they looked around and said, look, air raid, I know everybody wants the air raid. I know everybody likes to pass it, blah, blah, blah. But look at what we've got. We've got a an all-SEC center, number one. So you got that. John tells us all-SEC, all-world center. You got a decent offensive line, and you got Boom, and you got this Benny Snell character who they were loving in practice, I guess. And you got JoJo, and you got King, and you got a running quarterback now. Why not just run the ball and look how just marvelously it's turned out? I would say to you that there are a lot of coaching staffs out there that would not have had the gumption, the guts, to make that switch. Yeah, and adjustments. This is one of the other things, too. How, how many times, especially recently, have, have you gone in as a U.K. fan saying, I feel really good about our coaches and our ability to make uh, those adjustments in-game, between-game, uh, with with all the dynamics that are switching and, and things that are happening? I, I feel that now. Uh, I feel that we we have it a coaching advantage a lot of times. Here's the irony of it all, though. Yeah, they did change the paradigm. They changed their own mindset of what they had to do. They changed the, the ostensibly the season-long game plan to a running game. But what is it you remember from the Louisville win? It's the passing, which is kind of the irony of it all. Which, which brings up another, this is almost like Oakland raiders S from the 70s. They're going to do two things. They're going to do them well. They're going to run the ball down your throat, and then they're going to throw vertically. And I will say this. I've seen this on Twitter, so this isn't. I'm not the only person saying it. I can't think. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm including Jared Lorenz. I'm including Tim Couch. I cannot think of a guy who throws a better deep ball than Steven Johnson. And you've said it before in the past. It's just amazing. Now, he's not so good on the intermediate, although that stuff worked against Louisville as well. But, man, that guy throws the bomb like no other. Yeah, I think... I'm not. I'm not sure he was the first one. The first one I heard it was Andre Ware, and Andre Ware he yeah, can wear on you, no pun intended, at times. <laughs> but he he mentioned the low delivery or, or the I guess the circular motion. Sure. He brings it from lower, which uh, causes the the trajectory to sort of be a little little more arcing, which is perfect for the ball. It just drops in there. Yeah, and man, when they ca- again when they catch it. It's amazing what can, what can happen. I believe last week or maybe the week before, I was complaining that Juice Johnson was really struggling. Shows how much couple, I know. He made My a goodness. couple of tough catches. He man. did, and, and the two bombs, man, he's so open. Of course, the one, the guy pulled a hammy, which, you know, <laughs> I, I hate it for him, but that kind of helped. Yeah. And then I, here's another shout-out. Dorian Baker, makes a, he drops a pass, and it, it kills a drive, and you're thinking, oh. And I saw some tweets like, you got to get him out of here. 
Some that, big time people tweeting that. That catch that he made in the corner of the end zone was as good a catch as you're going to see. Kept feet in bounds, brought it in, tremendous. Excellent. Reedy Boy uh, also said that he, he asked for uh, forgiveness. I gave him a mea culpa on that. <laughs> Did you pardon? I pardoned his, yeah. uh, his uh, big blue sin. Is, is there anybody who didn't have a big catch? Because, you know, Jeff Bidette had the catch there uh, on the game-winning drive, I believe, over the middle. That was Jeff Bidette, wasn't it? Uh, I'm going to go to you on that. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, Conrad made a couple of tough Conrad catches. Conrad made a great catch on a tip ball over the middle. Yeah, the tip ball, that's what it was. The defense stepped up. I mean, how many accolades could you throw out there? And, and they put pressure on Lamar Jackson. They sacked him two or three times. They made it tough on him. And even that fumble, that last scramble, they had him bottled up and they made him do some stuff that he didn't necessarily want to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I, I, it couldn't have gone a whole lot better than it did. And, and what I say very often is it's that maybe, maybe finally the ghosts were putting them to bed one at a time, but we're starting to put them to bed. And that, that goes along with the narrative of the season, change, season changing, the, the whole culture changing wins. I think so, and I want to go back and touch on this again. And if you're a UofL fan and you're with me, I hope you don't feel that this is any kind of hate towards Louisville. We have respected them very much on this show. We continue to. I'm not one of those guys who's going to say overrated. I think Louisville's outstanding. That's what makes this win special. Louisville's one of the best teams in the country. I still believe that. I still think so, too. Absolutely. I don't think there are many teams better than Louisville, so I'm not sitting here saying overrated. But I do think it changes those narratives. So you start out and you got this – Shannon Dawson wasn't so bad after all narrative. Uh, the guy at Troy's just killing it. Neil Brown. And so you're thinking, oh, maybe it wasn't any of them. And then if you're a Kentucky fan, in all honesty, you're watching your program implode and you're watching Louisville right down the street, national power. I mean, it's the worst of both worlds. And that's what I said basically in the, in the take. Flash forward 12 games later and all of a sudden you've got a Kentucky program and a Louisville program who look much more on even turf. Much more similar programs. Now, you can still say Louisville might be a little better or what have you. I'm sure somebody's going to say, hey, they won five in a row. But you look at the talent on Kentucky's roster and you say there's some pros on that roster too. Louisville's got good players. They're both talented. They're both flawed. But I don't look at at Louisville as leaps and bounds ahead of U.K. football. No, 28 points says Louisville's supposed to be leaps and bounds ahead. That is a healthy spread uh, in a rivalry game. Sure. And uh, even keeping it close would have been a pretty big moral victory to win it uh, and, and to look like you belong. It wasn't fluky. Uh, you're talking about fans. I do – the fans who say, and I think one of your – one of those guys, Louisville guys, may have said it, uh, who, who was talking to you last week. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody else. <laughs> was it Stamp? It may have been Stamp. I'm not sure. <laughs> or Dumasville. Yeah. Maybe one of those guys who, who say, yeah, you know, uh, we, maybe it's Petrino himself. Uh, you find ways to lose the game, basically. Sure. That, that's very. That's a kind of a passive-aggressive way of saying you didn't beat us. Right. And, sure. And that, that's way salty. We talk foods, negative food connotations. That's way salty <laughs> when I just wish people would give, uh, give credit where credit's due sometimes. I agree 100%. I think you have to tip your hat to the Cats, and I'm just so happy for them. I'm happy for Stoops. I'm happy. You know who I'm happy for. I'm happy for those seniors. I'm happy for Ryan Timmons, who also had a big play in the game. I'm happy for when they get the turnover, who's the first guy that gets 19 yards right off the bat? It's JoJo Kemp. If you don't like JoJo Kemp, you just don't like people. I mean, he just strikes you as a guy, and I've seen him interviewed several times. He loves the team, uh, team-oriented. You know, here's a guy who was a star, and now he's the third-string guy. Haven't seen him pouting. Haven't seen him crying. 
Uh, he's overcome some injuries, and so just extremely. I've never been that happy before over a win. I was just ecstatic for Kentucky. Now, for all my Louisville fan friends, I, I hate it for you because I know that was a tough blow. Uh, you go from from hoping for a national title to Houston with a bad loss, and then you think, well, at least we're going to come back this week yeah. and crush Kentucky. Get the Orange Bowl, probably. Didn't happen. And now, you know, probably not a premier bowl. I saw somewhere where it may have cost UofL $15 million. And, and then the other thing, we can uh, we may move on here if you want. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the other thing is, is the, the Heisman talk. Time to open up a can on or open up a can for... Open up a can on, open up a can for, sponsored by Bertram and Sons Asphalt and Ceiling, and I'm searching for it. Here it is. They do driveways and business parking lots, 606-688-4631. We thank them for their longtime partnership, sponsoring the KY Sports Guys. Uh, figurative can. Figurative can. No people, no animals, no objects will be harmed in this segment. No, and I thought, you know, there, there was so much rhetoric afterwards, and you look at the you watch the sports show today, you know, this was on Saturday. Uh, you come back today and you watch uh, Highly Questionable, you watch PTI, you watch Around the Horn, those things. Uh, you're, you're seeing the Lamar Jackson talks, really what dominates, right? It, it's not UK being Kentucky because outside of here, not many people really have that much of a concern about that in football. Sure. It'll be a bigger basketball story. It would happens. be. Uh, when either way it goes. Uh, but UK beating Kentucky was not the huge story, but it was did Lamar Jackson blow the chance for the Heisman? And there was so much rhetoric about that Saturday and, and on. I just um, I just don't know how you are giving it to someone else, but I'm going to let you open up a can on it for first. Yeah, and I, I think that's the problem is who else would it be? You know, and uh, Michigan went down, so you can't really uh, throw that guy out there, and we'll talk a little bit about him uh, later. I'm going to open up a can for Lamar Jackson winning the Heisman still. I don't think there's any other candidate out there. And you've got some numbers that you're going to throw at us that are, are just mind-boggling. However, I wrote in the piece today, when he wins it, and I think he wins it, I still think it is a little less thrilling than had the season went the way it should have went. And he, he wins it, and you lost to Houston. Well, that wasn't on him necessarily. The offensive line had a bad night. Houston played extremely well. And then this one, in all honesty, as well as he played, he put some great numbers up there. But Steven Johnson was the MVP for a reason. I thought Steven Johnson outplayed him, just to be real honest. And Lamar puts the ball on the ground, and Louisville has lost more fumbles than any team just about in the country. They've had more turnovers. Ball security has been a problem for them, and it bit them again. And then here's the other question. I don't, you know... I'm not trying to hate on the kid because I think he's the highest. I think he's the best player. Two things I want to throw out there, and I'll let you comment on them. One, I think what Bobby Petrino, who I think is a jerk, just to be honest, shouldn't have even brought it up, but he did. What he was basically saying was, is we're going to hand the ball off three times and kick a field goal win the game. And he didn't need to be running around, doing all that kind of stuff uh, in the backfield. There was no need for that fumble. And so you do kind of wonder if you're Lamar Jackson, does he sit around and think, man, you know, I wanted the Heisman, I struck the Heisman pose, and on that last play, what was he probably thinking? Yeah, he's gonna I'm going to go win the game. Yeah. And instead he lost it. And that's the, it's the hardest thing for people to learn. So here's thought number one. I think he showed that he's human and that his strengths are his weaknesses, as is the case for all of us. That most of us, if you read literature, and I know you have, because you have a degree that says so, at least one, maybe two or three, I don't know. You look at Julius Caesar. Not to, I'm not going to talk Shakespeare long, guys. Don't <laughs> run off. 
But Marcus Brutus, his strengths were his weaknesses. His downfall came because he wasn't cutthroat. He could have been cutthroat. He could have done it, but he was noble, even for a guy who killed the leader of, of Rome. Exactly. But he was noble, and his nobility ended up being his demise. Lamar Jackson's excellence ended up being his demise, and I think he still wins. But I think that's a, a bit of a problem. I had another point that I want to bring up, but I want you to comment on that. Well, that's that. an excellent point uh, because, I mean, a very excellent point. Stupid by you because, I mean, okay, Petrino's mad that he's running around by there. Is he mad for the other uh, thousand yards he ran and got? Exactly, the other fifty touchdowns that he scored. I or? mean, he's thinking win the game. He, if you want to sit out there and selfishly accuse him, and I don't, you aren't. But if I'm you're not. Out there selfishly accusing him of the only reason I want to win the game here with the touchdown is because I want to win the Heisman. I think that's totally false. I think what he's doing is he is a competitor. His 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 uh, natural athletic ability. His instinct is, I'm going to score a touchdown because that's what I'm supposed to do here, uh, took over. And he was running to try to get the touchdown. It wasn't, I don't think it had anything to do with winning him in a Heisman. That's just what he does, and that's what he's done all year. And if he hadn't done it all year, guess where Louisville's at? Not nearly where they were at at that point. Amen, and I think if Petrino wanted him to just hand it off, why didn't he explicitly say, hand the stinking take, ball off? Take some knees, or, I don't know, whatever. Exactly, that's what whatever. You're going to do. And, you want and to, to play me, for that. Exactly, that's not on Lamar Jackson. That's on Bobby Petrino. But I do think what came out there is a lot of times what makes you strong also can make you a little bit weak. And that's that he just kind of bit him. And I think he'll learn from it going forward. But look, absolutely the Heisman. Here's the other thing. I get tickled, I guess is the word, to use a Southern Kentucky euphemism. <laughs> tickled, I get tickled. You know, yep. at the fact. And, and our, our good friend Scott Johnson did it a little bit this weekend. I love it when people eviscerate, emasculate, people who say bad things about their team or their players, and then turn around, and I'm not accusing Scott necessarily, dude, but just Louisville fans in general, and then turn around and use the same guy as an expert witness for the argument that they want. I thought Nick Birch did it last week. That was that whole Twitter yeah. argument. Look, what Booger McFarland said about UofL being uh, Lamar Jackson, a bunch of dudes, was wrong, but I can see where somebody would say it. I'm not totally offended that they would say it. And then people say, oh, the defense is ranked seventh. Well, the defense isn't that good, people. I mean, it's not. You watched it. Kentucky torched it, and Kentucky played really well. Their offense is pretty good. Yep. But, you know, UofL's numbers, that's one of those statistics that kind of lies. Cause in all, and, and, by the way, shout-out to Patrick Tolles in Boston College. They're 6-6, yeah, and, six, and I'm guys. so excited because he handled all that with class. We've said that before. But their offense stinks, and so does Wake Forest, and so does two or three more. Duke's not very good this year. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to build up some numbers. Uh, admittedly, UofL's defense did great against Florida State. But – Booger makes this huge mistake, and Joy Galloway hates on Louisville. And now, it wasn't that the UofL people, and I'm really calling out Louisville Sports Live and Nick Birch and his buddy, it wasn't that they said this is an idiotic stance or this is an idiotic argument. I get that. But they specifically said these guys are idiots. These guys are morons. If you say that, then you can't come back the next week. And I'm not saying they are in particular, but Louisville fans, they see a tweet, and Scott Johnson did do this, and I love him to death, from Booger McFarland that said... This is LJ's Heisman Trophy. You can't take it away from him. No matter what happened, this is his. He's earned to give it to him. And now we're retweeting that sucker as if Booger's an expert witness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to have a both, one, one or the other. You can't have both. And the name-calling stuff, we, we mentioned that last week. We talked it. You're right on that. You, you talk about someone's stance, I get it. It's hard to separate. That's what – it's the climate of our country right now, not to get political, but it's hard to separate someone's argument from someone's person, 
and it, it's become where you can't disagree with someone without having a, an offense with them and, and taking offense to everything about them up into what they look like. Uh, as Birch pointed out, you know, as he went at shots at people last week. Sure. Um, went after Mackey pretty yeah, hard. Went after him, and for no, you know, no apparent reason, right? Other than just disagreeing with someone. Sure. So it, it, it's become that, and maybe it's always been that. Maybe social media just makes it easier to see, but uh, it, it shouldn't be that. Well, way. and it hurts our feelings because we're guys who, for the last twenty years of our lives, have taught argument, and we've taught ad hominem, and we taught, we've taught, uh, you know, straw man. We've taught all these things that are not that are logical fallacies. And so when we see them from professionals, we just we cringe uh, from time to time. Again, not saying that was from Scott Johnson, but from the Nick Birch, Louisville Sports Live people who are getting paid to be on the air when I see something that's contradictory. That's just kind of what my thought process is there in a lot of ways. Now, tell me if I'm wrong about this, and then we'll switch gears. I know we've got to move on. I think that Skip Bayless is an idiot. <laughs> I think he is legitimately not sharp. I mean, I'm not saying he's not smart, but I just think his takes is that are... A, is that a uh, joke there? Is that a pun? He's arguing with Shannon Sharp? <laughs> it was not intended, but but my point is, I rarely watch Skip Bayless or hear Skip Bayless or see a tweet from Skip Bayless that I don't think, man, what a moron. Am I wrong here in doing this? Because here's where I am, too. If, as the U of L people did with Booger, where they basically said, I think this guy is, in fact, an idiot. Even if Skip Bayless says something I agree with, I will not use it as evidence. I will not use it. I will not retweet it. I am never retweeting Skip Bayless because I have on the record said I think he is overall incompetent in his job. Well, if you have that kind of take on him, as long as you're being one, on one side or the other on that, I, no, I don't think it's wrong at all. Um, I can't tell you what Skip Bayless says. It's been years since I've watched him. Uh, I don't follow him. <laughs> you don't him. find him incompetent. You find him irrelevant. I rarely look at my own Twitter. I, I go through KY guys. We don't follow him. I don't believe. Right. No, I don't think we do. Um, and no, after he, you know, I, here's where I lost on that. Besides just be yelling and arguing, I don't listen to, you know, I don't, I don't do any of that debate stuff anymore. I can't sure. handle it. Uh, once he said that, given uh, Jordan a year at age 51 or whatever, he would beat LeBron one on one handily. Had, exactly, and that's what I say. He's he's more of like a uh, just hater, man. It's exactly, just, like a PT Barnum or just somebody who's just saying stuff just to stir up the. Yeah. the and he's I good at that. that, and he stirs up the people who you know who, who can't make a logical argument back. I think, and he gets them mad. And they just then they resort to yeah. Him. So I, no, I don't think it's bad at all. I think you're totally on with that. If you don't like him, just don't use him. In your favor. I think that's what you're saying the whole time. Exactly. I've, I have on the record said I don't like anything Skip Bayless says, and even if I think I'm right, I'm just I, I'm not going to use it. I'll agree with you because, again, it's been years since I've even listened to, listened to our boy Skip or any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've opened up a can for Lamar Jackson and the Heisman, too. Look, man, I don't we don't do numbers very often, but I thought since we're going to talk about it, and I'm sure Louisville fans can quote these verbatim, um, now, I've got them written down, so I'm going to read them. As, as Kornheiser said, I'm going to the glasses here. Uh, 3,390 pass yards this year. 11th in the nation. Passing. That in and of itself, pretty good passing year. 30 pass touchdowns, that's 10th in the nation. Then here's where it gets really interesting, though. Now, they, these stats that I'm giving you on rushing are not among quarterbacks. This is among all the, all the uh, whole NCAA in rushing, running backs included. 1,538 rush yards puts him eighth among all rushers. 21 rushing TDs puts him tied for third. So that is, uh, let's see, that's, that's almost five, 
almost 6,000, almost 5,000 total yards, uh, 51 touchdowns total. Uh, yeah, a couple turnovers here and there, but um, it, I, I saw this said, no Heisman winner has had the last couple of games go the way they have for Lamar Jackson. But very few people put up those numbers either. Uh, those are Tebow-esque. Maybe exactly, better. Maybe better. I'd, I'd have to look to see exactly how they compare. Those are great numbers, regardless of, of a couple of losses at the end of the season. I don't think there's any. And then, they again, who is it Deshaun Watson? He had a great game Saturday. He's got one coming up this weekend. I don't think he competes. Peppers, I don't think competes. No. Browning, I don't think competes. No. The only, uh, the only argument you can make, probably. yeah, the only argument you can make, and I don't think this is a good argument, is you could go Jalen Hurts at Alabama Hurts. just because they're the best team. If your argument is we're going to take the best player off the best team, maybe I can see that. But look, Lamar Jackson should win this going away, regardless of what happened against Houston or Kentucky. I just think it puts some doubt in people's minds. And if I saw this, and I think this is true, you know, uh, again, U of L, I'm not hating on you, but when your head coach is Bobby Petrino, who has irritated, like, everybody in the world. I mean, really, there's nobody in the SEC that's a Petrino fan, especially after what happened at Arkansas. You know, it goes to Atlanta, and I'm not trying to bring up old stuff, but he quits basically halfway through this and doesn't even tell people. Yeah, He, like, leaves a note or something that says, I'm out the door. I mean, this is not a good dude in general. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know him personally, but he doesn't strike me as somebody's a good dude. If you are a sports writer out there or somebody who has a vote and you have it in for Petrino, what these last two games have done is they've given you an out. And so you could justify somehow, although I don't think you really could, but you could make an argument for somebody else based on, well, they lost and he turned it over four times and against Kentucky and so forth. But honestly, what you're saying, it's guilt by association. Absolutely. It's nothing against Lamar. I think Lamar's brilliant. I think he's the best player in college football. I think he deserves anything that he can get. I just think that there probably are people out there, voters out there, who are going to sit around and say, if I can hose Bobby Petrino any way possible. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. I hope that is not the case because that's, you know, that's totally unfair. It would be unfair to Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Um, another big game you mentioned Saturday. Just a little quick uh, quick talk about it. We actually have a little bit of uh, some imaging for that. One of our favorite images, as always. Well, we can't hear you, Reed. Sorry. I'm not very intelligent when Okay. He's not very intelligent <laughs> when, and, and then he lets it die off because you can just fill in the blank. Actually, Reed had a couple of astute points this weekend after his mea culpa on uh, on uh, Dorian Jeff, Baker. Dorian Baker, I about yeah. said Jeff Bidette. But anyway, you you mentioned the Ohio State Michigan game. What was it we were talking about? It was not very intelligent. Well, it's it's fascinating. A guy who has a vote in the AP poll has put Michigan in front of Ohio State in his poll, and he put out. He said, "This is my justification." He said, uh, "I think the officials got it wrong. I don't think that that guy made the." the line to make to, to get a first down. And therefore, had they been short, Michigan wins. And so he said, I'm basically de facto ref, and I'm declaring Michigan the winner. So he, he made, he, he's his own uh, solitary country here that just says uh, how the game should have turned out as opposed to how it is. I'm, I'm taking that into account. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I'm, I'm giving it to Michigan. And somebody said this, and it might have been you if it was a very smart comment, whoever it was, that we live almost in a post-reality society now. Have you heard that being said? That basically, even when reality is this, we go back and we, we ignore that and we make it whatever we want it to be. I don't know if the guy got the line to gain. I know the process is in place. The officials marked it at a spot. They used the change to measure it. They did the replay system, and Ohio State got a first down. I don't think the officials were particularly nice to Michigan, from what I can understand, but so what? I mean, how many times are we going to say that? Do I get to take every loss away that I felt like the officials weren't particularly nice? No, that's not how the game works. We talked last week on one of our scroll uh, segments there. What is it? Swipe right. Swipe I keep right, scrolling. Yeah. We talked about the high school in Illinois that sued over the post-play. Or Oklahoma State, who, you know, if you're going to overturn something and say, well, the game should have been over, then why isn't he voting for Oklahoma State? He should put those guys up there. Hey, just yeah. call that game over. We can't do that. Reality is what it is. It goes down as a loss. Ohio State wins. If you're voting, Ohio State has to be in front of Michigan. I think so, too, even though I think um, I think watching that, it, just my own judgment, don't have the best eyes in the world. It's weird because if you're talking about the play where it was a first down marking or not, the spot, he it looked like he totally had it, and then his play his own player's butt got in the way and knocked him backwards. <laughs> That's what I saw, yeah. And, and I don't think he got it, but he he got called for having it. Now that may be one of those plays. I'm sure everybody in Michigan saying this one of those plays that happens in Ann Arbor. He didn't get it. Sure, it happens in Columbus. He did get it. That's just the way it works there too. But if you're a fan, I get the argument. But for a supposedly objective sports writer to make that argument, I think that's bizarre and unfortunate and, and not very intelligent. Not very intelligent. Exactly. That's why it fits the, the bit. If you look, you're looking at Ohio State, Alabama now, Clemson probably getting in. I only got to see a little bit of that Ohio State-Michigan uh, game because I was obviously watching UK, Louisville. Don't think the speed looks to me, even uh, at Ohio State, to be quite what it is SEC-wise or even at Clemson. Could be wrong. I I don't know exactly how it'll play out, but I, I think that uh, it'll be interesting if Clemson and Alabama get another rematch, which could be very well in cards. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm the same way. I watch whatever highlights I did of Michigan and Ohio State, and I just don't see it. I think they're both very good, but I don't see that kind of team speed. And that's the other thing, and I feel bad for Louisville because despite the fact that I am ecstatic that Kentucky won, I think they have that kind of team speed offensively, especially that they could play in that kind of game. Well, am I crazy? Am I crazy? I could be. Well, sure. JP that could Critter be a new bit. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? <laughs> I could be. Uh, it, it looked to me, watching the UK-Louisville game, like that was a much quicker game. That could be because of all kinds of different factors. I know Ohio State has better athletes on the whole. They may not have better athletes than Boom Williams. They may not have a better a better runner than Minnie Sell. I'm not sure, but... They, they, on the whole, they probably do, but it didn't look as fast as either team. And, and that's uh, 
And then you watch Alabama, and it, you know, they're, they're pros, right? That's what they look like. I mean, I, I cannot see anybody beating Alabama. I don't care who the other three spots are. I think Alabama is your national champion. They showed the other day that I think they're averaging, giving up like five points a game over the last so many games. And keep in mind, Cats fans, Kentucky was ahead 3 nothing at one point. And Saban actually gave a compliment to Kentucky. To me, that was the turning point. If you go back and read something I wrote recently, that was one of the big turning points where, where you, as a fan, you said, wait a minute, Saban just said something good about us, and it was that we hit hard and that we were physical a team. physical team. Yeah. It, when it comes from him, you're thinking, wow, that's pretty pretty big. That's right, because that guy, never, he's never happy about anything. No. He, he rarely seems to do a lot of compliments. I agree. Um, UK. We, we're talking about UK. We're talking about UK hoops. Uh, a topic that some of our listeners may be interested in. May be interested in. You know, we're going to, after this week, It'll be probably very sparse on the football talk until bowl game, uh, unless some news comes out. And we'll hit the hoops. But UK hoops will be coming in, in in earnest. Big game tonight, getting ready to start. Big game, I think, Saturday, right against UCLA is being compared to to like a uh, old 90s style game where it could be 100 scored on it on both sides, possibly. So what's your thoughts? Eric? Yeah, people are saying that UCLA is uh, one of the best offensive teams in a long time, not just this year, but for – for many years, and that could be true. I haven't seen UCLA, so I, I kind of hesitate to comment too much. I have seen their scores. I think they're very capable of scoring. Uh, obviously, UK is just lighting it up, and, and so much of their points comes off the defensive side turned into offense. The Cleveland State coach compared them to the Fab Five, which I think says quite a bit. You look at their athleticism. If there's a weakness, maybe it's perimeter shooting, but I'm starting to think that may not be true either. And then you start listing players, and a lot of times people that are really contributing, you, you leave them out uh, just by accident. And, and a lot of this in the last couple of games has been without Isaiah Briscoe. You got Bam inside, you got Monk outside, all the you, know, you just go through the whole list of players to the point that really good players aren't going to get a ton of minutes. And it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I am uh, again, I don't want to be the guy caught in the moment. I think it was 1949, the last time UK opened with like so many consecutive 21-plus point victories. I think they handle Arizona State tonight. I don't think there's any issue there. I would love to see the UCLA game, although I don't know that UCLA can defend the way Kentucky can defend. And I think that's the, the missing point here. I could be wrong about that, too. I haven't seen UCLA again. So, Scott, you, you wrote, uh, what is it, Clear Blue Skies? What was your post? Big blue skies Yeah, big ahead. blue skies ahead. And I think that definitely is so for the basketball team as well. I think we could be watching something special. I don't know that they'll do what they did a couple years ago at the 38-0 mark, but I think there's a very good chance that they run a ton of games and make it look ugly for the other side. I, I totally agree with everything you said. I'm not sure I, I could take another 38-0 season. If you listen, <laughs> go back and listen to some of the old podcast where it was just like, man, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I loved it every minute, but it also cost me dearly, I think, in, in ulcers and gray hairs. Even though I'm not sure I have an ulcer, I'm pretty sure I have a lot of gray hairs now from it. Um, you, you're mentioning guys like like Derek Willis are going to see less playing time this year than they did last year. Here's a th- This year's team is still learning how to play all these things, too. Bam is still learning how to be a big-time college center. He just, he's right now just running a lot of it's still athleticism. The team defense, especially, and you as a coach can mention this, they're getting that athletic defense happening right now, but the team defense still has a long way to go 
before it gels into a machine that could be almost unstoppable. Which I think that's what you're looking at, and I think over time they will be there. But even if that, they don't have to be perfect, and what a nice feeling. They don't have to be perfect in the rotations. They don't have to be perfect in all the things they do. And they're still, and I know Michigan State has kind of had a rough start, but I still think this is going to end up looking like a pretty decent win. And, you know, I, I, I feel like they're going to be able to do things defensively that a lot of teams can't and they're going to be able to make up for a lot of mistakes. And so, you know, it, I don't even know that they have to gel to that point of perfection. If they do, if they hit their stride defensively in January, I mean, my goodness, I don't know that anybody comes close. And I know that's, that's not the hyperbole that I normally throw out there, but I think they're that good. Yeah, they do. I don't think anybody – we talked speed with uh, Alabama football. I don't think anybody's got the kind of quickness, the kind of speed, the kind of length, the kind of athleticism all across the board. Yeah, that you might have one of those guys. You don't have four or five of them. It's an impressive lot to be sure. You're right about the, the perimeter of shooting. I mean, he could come back and cost us. Cal says he thinks Arizona State will uh, you know, sag in, play two-three zone, and make uh, take hit those shots. But I think they'll hit enough to, to open it up a little bit. And I still think we've got uh, – I still think we'll have enough with, with Bam and just the steals and, and getting points out of transition out of the, out of the defense, as you said. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it, and uh, yeah, it's November, and I think Cal said that the other day. He said, this is a November team. They're not where they're going to be, and nor does he want them to be, which I think is, that's coaching in a nutshell. You know, on a much smaller level, I'm sitting here, we open tomorrow night against Warren East, and I'm thinking, you know, I want us to be the best we can be, but I also don't want to peak November, December. you got to keep moving forward, and then hopefully hit your stride mid-January to February. I'm sure that's what Cal wants. Yeah, I always, every year, and I'm always excited about Camp Cal, you know, coming up uh, this year. I'm, I'm sure we'll have some significant growth there. It's interesting uh, Christmas Christmas season, though. you got Louisville before. You have your Christmas time, and then you have North Carolina after. That's going to be uh, gonna be quite interesting. Throw UCLA in there. Man, this is going to be the uh, maybe one of the toughest Decembers ever on record at UK. I agree, but look, it wouldn't be UK basketball if they weren't playing those kind of guys. you got to go out and play the best, and uh, I think UK is the best program in the land. I don't know if they're the best team necessarily right now. North Carolina looks pretty good, by the way. I was really impressed with Louisville. I watched them play a couple of games down in was it the Bahamas or wherever they were, at Atlantis. Yeah, they're the same place. Whatever the same exact place, I'm going Yeah, but similar. I thought they were outstanding. I know they didn't play well against Old Dominion, but I watched them play against Wichita State. I thought defensively they did a lot of good things, which is ironic. I think Patino said they're not as good defensively as you'd like for them to be. they got size. they got athleticism. Uh, they put the clamps down on you. I'm absolutely sure they beat Baylor by a lot if they just hadn't run out of steam over the course of it, so I'm not concerned there. Point of that is UK Louisville is going to be a battle. It's going to be yeah. a battle. And I think you've got kind of the converse of that football deal where Kentucky's won several, most of them in the last bit. Don't sleep on Louisville for a second because I think they're very capable of playing. And then you go and, like you said, you play North Carolina, the two maybe the most storied programs in the history of college basketball. That's what makes it great being a Kentucky fan, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Do you remember back in the day, though, and it wasn't necessarily Kentucky, but you remember some of the bigger names. Uh, I won't say Georgetown or Syracuse necessarily, but Georgetown or Syracuse. Who used to play like, you know, uh, the Citadel and Maryland yes. Eastern Shore. Just and that's the all they played. Just the weakest schedule the Big out East. there. Now, the Big East would be a grind. I sure. understand that. Because those teams, even the bad teams, were beating you to death. It was a different kind of game. I totally understand that. But pre-conference uh, scheduling has really increased 
I think with these tournaments, you know, the, the proliferation of more of these tournaments, I think has really helped get good games in November, even though they may not count like they would if they were in February. It's still exciting to watch, as you say. I agree 100%. I think, you know, you look at the growth of it over our lifetime. When we were kids, there were only a couple of options. You'd go to Maui or you'd go to Alaska. I don't even know if they still do Alaska. They still have the sure, Alaska the, shooting. The Maui is not just the Maui. It's the Maui Jim Maui. <laughs> It's a mouthful. (laughs) Maui is full. Yeah, and I'm not sure what they're thinking up there. But those were the only two. And the reason they did that was because of the distance. They allowed them those special games. Now you can play anywhere, anytime, all over the earth, apparently. I don't don't know. I mean, it's got to be offshore, maybe. Maybe that's the (laughs) trick. But in any event, I think it's just changed. November basketball takes a beating from some snobbish fans. That it's just not very good. I think it's been excellent. Our good friend, I say every week, Michael DeCourcy, has been... (laughs) Really praising November basketball. I think he's right. I think he's 100% right. I think there have been so many good games. And perhaps the way that the committee values non-conference wins against top 50 opponents, I think that's changed some things as well. Man, and it could work out better, for, as you said, for the fans. How was that, by the way? You had the choice of, back in the day, you could go to Maui or you could go to Alaska. And Kentucky went to Alaska I know, a few I times. I remember those playing Alaska Anchorage. I think Alaska Anchorage... First game I saw at Rupp was Alaska Anchorage here at Rupp, right. which had to be. I mean, you're talking about coming from Anchorage. They felt like it was tropical. Yeah, they had to be warm, <laughs> and they then they got in there, and this place is bigger than Alaska. That's uh-huh. right. You got the, it. The, the Rupp Arena, it, it had to be something for those guys. That's back in the 80s, man. But, yeah, I think it's totally cool that you can watch a bunch of great U.K. games pre-SEC. Um, and then we'll see after that. We'll, we'll see – how those go if we lose one every now and then. That's okay. Again, don't, don't worry too much. Don't panic. we got one swap right. we keep yeah. scrolling today. Yes. Let's see if we can do this correctly or if we mess it up once again. The KY guys are trying to decide which stories are solid and which ones are just lame. It's swipe right or keep scrolling. Okay. This is something that after last week's we, – we didn't talk about this, I don't think – on last week's show, and then after the show we were talking, and it came up. What I wanted to t- do, though, is talk about snapshot character judgments that we make. We've talked, I think we say this almost every week, we don't know these guys necessarily. We don't. Last week, I think a lot of people made a snapshot, snapshot character judgment on Dak Prescott when they saw him miss the trash can with his uh, paper cup and then get up, get up and pick it up and throw it away. This week, I think a lot of people are making snapshot character judgments on Jabril Peppers for pushing an Ohio State fan who was on the field after a tough loss. And the judgment's obviously very different than they're making for those folks. So I just wanted to get your take. Are you swapping right or keeping scrolling on snapshot character judgment? Okay, and again, I never know how to play this game. I am. <laughs> I want to I wanna say that it's a story that I like. So what is that? You're swapping right? I'm swapping right on it, but I, I also would open up a can. I don't know that's another one another of our bits, on the snap judgments. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you're, you're revealing that all of our bits are the same. We just have different names so far. <laughs> no, but, but here's my point. Here's what I'd like to say about it. We don't know these people. I've said that before. I did retweet the Dak Prescott one, and here's why. We, have, we go by the old Don Meyer stuff, any of you all that are familiar with Lipscomb, Don Meyer, and he had uh, these couple of sets of threes, and, and one of the sets of threes was everybody takes notes, Everybody says please and thank you, and everybody picks up trash. And I say that to my kids all the time. And I think it is cool to be able to take an NFL guy who threw a piece of trash away and could have just left it, 
picks it up, throws it in the trash, and I sent it to the Lady Hornets, and I said, look, everybody picks up trash, just to emphasize the point. Does that make Dak a great guy? Probably. I don't know. I don't know the guy. The other one, uh, Jabril Peppers, I think, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for him because I got 40,000 people running around me, and I push a guy. I don't blame him. You know, I, I get that. And so I wouldn't uh, rush to judgment on his personality either. I think it's an intriguing story. But I think snap judgments, in the end, usually are not correct. I think we, we, we talked about confirmation bias last week. I think it was Levitard or Bomani one brought up a good point. If Dak's 1-9 and nine at that point instead of 9-1, and one, I don't think anybody sees it as cute. They're just like, uh, look at that trash, picking up, throw, throw the trash. Or they're blistering him because he missed the trash can. Yeah, oh, you can't even hit a trash look can. Look at his exactly. accuracy, which I've uh, heard many times when I throw trash away in the classroom. They're like, <laughs> I thought you were a basketball coach. What does that have to do with me oh, throwing a paper wad? Try, try being a golf coach and <laughs> miss hitting a bunch of shots. <laughs> I thought you you can't putt at all. Uh, that Are you telling me to what to do? Exactly. Uh, no, my golf team doesn't really do that. I'm just kidding. But some people, some golf teams probably do. Sure. Um, you're talking about. I am okay with you doing that because you use it as a teachable moment. That's different. I think some people though literally take their they mold their their opinion on people by one. Do they win or not? Winning automatically makes you a great person. Or two, they're on your team. They're on your team. He's automatically great. You know, oh, he's a great guy. He wouldn't do X or X is. And third, uh, I think you're seeing like, yeah, that's that's a cool thing. I like what you say. You pick up trash. I got it. But I'm not sure. I, I mean, maybe he just believes in karma, and maybe he's doing it selfishly and saying, hey, I don't, uh, I don't want to have a bad karma here by not picking up this cup. I don't know. We don't know any of that. Or how about this? Maybe people are complex. And just to make a, a snap judgment, which is what we're talking about, based on one act, I'm sure that Dak does good things. I'm also sure he has flaws. Same thing with Peyton Manning. Everybody wanted to deify Peyton Manning. I like Peyton Manning. You're not as big a fan. You feel like he's a little bit fake, what have you. I'm not going to deify him. I don't know him. I'll go even farther. I don't know Tim Tebow. I know he does a lot of cool stuff that I think is good for people, and I'm glad that he does. I'm not a hater of Tim Tebow. But I don't know him either. I'm not hanging out with him. I can't make any judgments on him. And I think your greater point is is we can't take one or two things and then try to put a tag on people who you know, as an English major, are extremely complex. Very good point. Now, Jabril Pepper's deal, uh, I've, seen different, I've seen different looks at this, but different takes on it. But some people, very quick to, to call them names, call them kind of, you know, insensitive names. Sure. Uh, and then the thing I think you lose empathy there is, and you mentioned, put yourself in that spot. You just lost a tough game. Uh, you are sort of the face of that team. You're on the road. And you're on the road, and 40,000 guys with red face paint are screaming. Who have probably been drinking. Maybe a tad. It was I'm early. guessing. Yeah. Um, are out there yelling, God knows what at you. So I, I don't resort to violence. I don't say violence is the answer to things like that necessarily, but, man, in the heat of the moment, all he didn't deck him. By the way, pushed him away. He might have gotten a shot towards it, but he didn't. But I don't see that as being a, a thing that you can just judge your real peppers on either. Very different than the guy in the NBA years ago who went up into the stands. 
That's very different. All right, you don't go into the stands. But these people came to his turf. They came down on the playing surface. I, you know, I'm not a curmudgeon. I don't care about rushing the field. But I saw somebody say, this is why you don't rush the field. And it's a good point. It's going to turn out bad eventually. It's going to be. And it has in the past. It's going to be really bad one day. It's going to be one of those when Garrett Blunt punching the guy for Oregon. It just happened to be another player, which was really bad. But make that a 150-pound college freshman who's out, there, really bad. who's out there with his first beer in his hand, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it tells, you know, Garrett Blunt. Bleep Oregon, or yeah, whatever, exactly. you know, and that's exactly. not going to turn out too well for him because those are giant men. Yeah, <laughs> and, and not to belabor the point because we need to get going. I know we want to watch the Cats, and it's coming up soon. Not that that's the point of shortening it, but you also have a a group who's used to social media. So a lot of these kids running by these players, they're probably used to shouting things out on social media that Keyboard you can't warriors. that you can't say live to people. I don't care if it's Jabril. I don't care who it is. You say this stuff live to real people, they're going to push you. Well, the thing about it is, too, and, and then we'll move on. Uh, we've mentioned this before. I think I've told the story. Yeah, you're in the stadium. You're up in the seats. You're yelling at somebody. That's one thing. They're not, unless they're on our test, they're not coming up in the stands mostly after. Correct. You have a little bit of safety there. Uh, when you're on the field, you don't. It reminds me of the Southern that year, about three or four years ago. You know, if you go to the Southern, one of the traditions is you heckle the people in the outfield if you want to park your truck there. <laughs> this guy heckled this guy until after the game, and, and that team had lost after the game. Dude threw his glove and climbed the fence because there is not really a whole lot of security there. Right. And he went after him. I think a fight ensued. The point being, uh, sometimes you're lulled into this false sense of security. You, you tweet them, yeah. Oh, it's a, you can't really do much if you're Jabril Peppers. You also feel that you can say anything because you can do that then, and then all of a sudden you're face-to-face with him and you say something stupid. And he and takes he a little bit of umbrage, yeah. Well, why wouldn't he, of course? Not, and again, not condoning the action, but we, I get it. Yeah, and our, our largest point, I guess, largest of all, is snapshot judgments. We're both uh, swapping right on the... Uh, we're on scrolling the, on the... We're that, scrolling on snap judgments. Yeah, That's where we're on. That's the truth of it. More, more excited about just seeing what happens with uh, when people make them, I guess. Sure. How we might swap right. Okay, uh, Saturday morning... We had a little soccer. Let's go across the pond, old chap, for our Middlesbrough update. So, an interesting uh, Saturday morning. I get up and um, it says Middlesbrough, but it's not Middlesbrough. And Leicester. It's supposed to be Middlesbrough and Leicester, but for some reason the, um, the Premier League was showing uh, Crystal Palace. Oh, Rotten. And uh, I can't remember who they were playing. Swansea, I think. Sure. But it turned out to be a 5-4 shootout. It was one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. If really? You, if you saw any of the tweets, Crystal Palace was down, and then they hit and rolled 21. Or, you know, wow. They, they they drew 21, I guess. And I, I was making some casino jokes. Yeah. But, Crystal uh, Palace. <laughs> but I was wanting to see Middlesbrough, and it looked so good for the borough up until... They really, you talk about going back, I guess the guy who voted Michigan ahead of Ohio State would give uh, Middlesbrough the win. Because here's what happened. Middlesbrough scored, and then on a highly questionable call by all accounts, I didn't see it, but from everything I saw tweeted or by objective observers that I read, and I do read some of the post-match stuff on Twitter. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is kind of interesting. They basically said it was a terrible call. They called like a handball or something in the box, and so Leicester gets a penalty kick, and they score. So it's 1-1. Second half, Middlesbrough scores again. They're up 2-1. They do four minutes of stoppage time. Late in those four minutes, guess what? They call another PK for dragging a guy down in the box. Now, this one may have been an okay call, but the game's nearly over. It's kind of 
it's hard to it's like get in basketball. You're going to call a foul with three tenths of a second left and let a free throw decide the game. I mean, it's just brutal. You just feel like it's taken away from you. So Middlesbrough scores two legitimate goals. Leicester gets two free ones handed to them by the referee. And you know, in football, in soccer, that a penalty kick heavily weighted towards the offense. Yeah, I wonder what I was just thinking that. I wonder what the percentage on that is. I'd say it's extremely high. They do miss a few. They'll they'll get under the ball, or every now and then the keeper guesses correctly. But by and large, the officials gave Leicester a draw, which instead of getting three points for Middlesbrough, they only get one. Yeah. However, would have been handy though to have those three. It would have been, yeah, would have been. But you play the defending champs and get a draw on the road. Pretty solid. Yeah, and the thing we've talked about it with Middlesbrough is they're not scoring. Well, two goals is pretty good. They can't all be uh, five-four duels. Correct. And two goals generally will win you one of those games. It seems to me like, and it just tough. It was a tough one because I was following on Twitter since it wasn't on. I was following, watching Crystal Palace and, and Swansea, and following on Twitter, who was ahead of the actual live updates on on the other game. And then all of a sudden, it's like PK coming up for Leicester, and I was like, oh, oh. poop. <laughs> I think I may have said that. Because we're invested. We're emotionally invested. Exactly. So, anyway, Middlesbrough, again, they'll go through a tough part of their schedule, play two of the top teams, and then the defending champs coming through decently unscathed. They're still not in relegation mode, and they should have some games coming up that are more winnable. That's right. So, we, we'll keep on UTV all the way. There you go. All right, a couple more segments. Our newest segment, which has turned into quickly one of my favorites. So let's, uh, let's do Coach Hurt's <laughs> Survival Tip of the Week. Wonderfully done. Thank you. Coach Hurst, Survival Tip of the Week. Now, Christmas is a while off. We've talked Black Friday. We've talked uh, a lot of Thanksgiving stuff. Something a lot of people do around this time of the year. And it's become more and more, I feel like, even before Thanksgiving, Christmas trees. I actually spoke last week of my dad cutting a uh, live tree around Thanksgiving and then nailing it to two boards. So your survival tip of the week has to do with Christmas trees. Yeah, here's my tip to you. Number one, if you're going to use a live tree, don't cut it yet. Don't have it down. <laughs> Take some time. And if Poor you, do, you in 1988. Exactly. If you do, then water it, water it, water it to keep it. And then if you're going to do that, it's going to die eventually. Get it out of the house as quickly as you can. Here's the other one. If you have a fake tree, which I was very hesitant to do years ago. I was a live tree guy, but I've, I've come over to the to the other side of this. Don't leave the lights on all the time. Have a timer. Buy yourself a timer, go to bed, let the timer kick the lights off. Much safer. Yeah, we, we checked it out just on eBay. Now, this is one timer. I'm sure if you go into a, a store and check out and, and do some comparison shopping, you can find different ones. One timer on eBay, $12.99. Cheap enough to $12. keep your house from burning cents. to the ground. Exactly. It's worth it. And lights are much safer than they used to be, but I still never trust it. I want to pull, it, I don't pull either. the plug before I go to bed. I'm definitely not turning it off while I'm not there, especially now that I have a cat, too, by the way. You know, you never can tell what cats might do. Uh, Chewing-wise, you remember the old yes. uh, Hart Griswold and Aunt, uh, is it Aunt <laughs> yes, Edna? Yes, I do, yes. Their name, her cat. Uh, by the way, shout out, to, well. shout out to Brody because he and I have been uh, big time on uh, this. Grace, Grace <laughs> died years ago. That's, yeah, same same deal. All right, so Coach Hurt Survival Tip of the Week. Uh, get a timer for your Christmas tree or at least... Be diligent enough to unplug it every time you're not going to be sitting near it. Great advice from me. All right, great advice from you. 
Uh, and again, where, yeah, 1988, we could have used your help on that one. My mom, I, I will say this. My mom did get it out of the house as soon as humanly possible. <laughs> Let's just say we lived in the subdivision and the front yard had a tree right in the middle of it. And it wasn't planted. There you go. <laughs> All right, cast-off coming up. We, we, we have a special cast-off this week. It's sort of a tribute, so let's play the music. Goodbye, If you'll allow me to do this, I think I want to do do this, if you don't mind. We're going to cast off uh, 60s and 70s TV moms. And we're just, can, can we go ahead and do a a winner and then go for second place? Absolutely. Because we're going to have to, you know, uh, Florence Henderson grew up watching Florence Henderson. I wrote about her this week. Passed away this week at age, I think it was 80-something, right? Um, just not even growing up, just the Brady Bunch. You see her on, uh, on Western TV ads, making that chicken. Just... All around seem like a, a, a lovely person, and, and her advice, and th- just the way things happen on the Brady Bunch. Again, yes, it's a TV show, but growing up, especially if you were like me, I grew up with a lot of TV, man. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't see that. That's my life exactly. I'm with you. So uh, a lot of life's lessons you learn, even from TV, even from fictional shows. So we're going to go ahead and give Carol Brady the number one So the she's win. not being cast off. No, she's not going to be cast off. She wins. But we're going to go from uh, back to number two. All these are great moms, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not going into the 80s, into the 90s. Uh, you know, you get into the 80s, we talk Peg Button, you get into some of those uh, anti-hero moms or whatever you want to call them. You know, those non-traditional, not maybe so great moms. This is all people who are uh, legit moms. Okay. So you get Samantha Stevens from Bewitched, Morticia Adams, Lily Munster, June Cleaver, uh, Wilma Flintstone. Mrs. Cunningham, what was her first name? I do not know. I, I probably, no clue. I, Mrs. I C that. is Mrs. all I C. remember. Uh, Florida Evans, Edith Bunker, Alice Hyatt from Alice, and uh, Annie Romero, Romano, excuse me, I think. Is that, is that right, Romano? Yeah, Romano. From, uh, from uh, One Day at a Time, Body Franklin's character. So, a lot of good picks here. And I'm sure we left somebody off. I always feel like we leave a lot of people off. I'll go ahead and cast off, though. If we have to do it this way, uh, and I hate casting these people off. Love, grew up watching all these shows. Yeah. I didn't know a couple of their last names or first names as it were, but I guess I'll have to go ahead and cast off um, Annie from One Day at a Time. Wow. When I think of that show, I think she's like the fourth place I go. That's why I would do that. I got to go with, like, you know, Valerie Bertinelli, obviously number one in, in my heart. And, uh, and one girl is Mackenzie Phillips, exactly, a daughter of the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, and Valerie Bertinelli, just like yeah. one of my very first crushes, right? I mean, yeah. then you might have had one for Mackenzie for Phillips. And then Schneider. Don't, don't we all remember Schneider? Ironically, of the two, I always thought Mackenzie Phillips was the more attractive. Well, we could have doubled Bizarre. We, <laughs> we could have. We have all been uh, old enough at the time, and they have known their names. All right. I am going to eliminate kind of along the same lines, and I, I hate this because I'm certainly not trying to uh, get rid of the single mothers, but Alice Hyatt I'm going to eliminate because 
her role as mom is not that profound on the show. No. It was really about the diner. Yeah, it's about, and, and again, I think when you think of that show, not one of the first ones, I think you think Mel. And ironically, I think Flo, even though she was, we've talked about it before, only on there for a small part, because there are three women who did the rotating waitress there. The tagline, though, Kiss My Grits. Kiss My Grits. and it's lasted and, forever. Exactly, and then you get Vera. Alice, sadly, I remember Alice kind of being a buzzkill most of the time. She was the straight-laced one. And yeah. then she sang, and I always dreaded uh, that part. Yeah, I know. I agree. Um, <laughs> so you agree, too? As a singer, you're a much better singer than I am. You, you agree there? It wasn't my favorite thing. Okay. Now we're left with some, with some real heavy hitters here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably take... Uh, I'm going to probably hurt some people's feelings here. We've talked about this n- numerous times. I'm, I'm losing Lily Munster here. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not... Uh, among the uh, among the moms and between the two, we've talked Adam's family every all day long over monsters uh, losing Lily there and uh, leaving up with you as another tough choice. Really tough. Did we we didn't put uh, Betty Rebel on there? No, we we figured. Uh, that, I figured the baby two from the yeah, same show was too it was much. too much. You did say that. I'm sorry. Yes, I I'm with you there. I'm going to get rid of bewitched Samantha Stevens because again they do have a child later in the show and that's kind of cute. Was so name Adam? Something I forget. But I, Tabitha. I don't remember her more. I remember her more as a wife than yeah. as a mom. I think she was more always helping Darren. I think wife, daughter, mom in that order. Yes, and witch, I agree. Obviously. I agree. And yeah, witch. I think uh, the later the later shows maybe played the mom role up when we got More. Adam in there. Tabitha yes. was growing, and they had to teach them about magic and which yes. wizard room. Am I saying those things? Wizardry. Wizardry. I should know that. I'm a Harry Potter fan. There you go. So we're left now with Morticia Adams, June Cleaver, Wilma Flintstone, Mrs. C, uh, Florida Evans, and Edith Bunker. These are just, again, tough, tough, tough. Um... The only one of these that did not start being a mom is the one I'm going to lose next. This show went quite a while before they injected the characters uh, of Pebbles and Bam Bam. So Wilma Flintstone, for a good long time, was just uh, Fred's wife and uh, sort of a buzzkill on Fred all the time, too, even though she was most of the time right. Though. I love the Flintstones. I did, too. I'm not, again. And you tell me, no, I think it's a perfectly good choice. Pick. But I remember, I don't know if your day was like mine, but as a child, I would come home. And don't, don't think ill of my parents. You know, they both worked. And, and I wasn't like three or anything. But I would come home from school. What is it they call those turnkey kids or something? Latchkey, Latchkey kids. Yeah, kids. we were both that. Yeah. And I'd walk in and grab me a snack and turn on TBS with the satellite. And I'd Weren't watch, we so lucky to have TBS? Oh, it was and great. Stuff. It was the best thing going. And I would watch the Brady Bunch and the Flintstones and all those. That's what I watched. And I loved the Flintstones. Thought it was great. But you're right. She, too, spent most of her fictional life childless. And then again, I was I was like Betty Rebel a lot too, and I just didn't want to put two on on the same uh, on the same show. Okay, so we have Florida Evans, we have Edith Bunker, June Cleaver, Morticia Adams, Carol Brady's already going to win, and we have Mrs. Cunningham. Now I'm going to eliminate from Happy Days Mrs. C, and here's why: I think she's a great mom. She had Richie, she had Joni. She, she had was the mom. one guy we never. Well, that's why I'm getting rid of her though, because I think his name was like uh, Chuck or something. He was on the first season. You heard it. And then she didn't even have any pictures. She never brought him up. I don't know if he Good was disowned. Dog. And so Mrs. C, out. I, I, don't know, uh, <laughs> I don't know what could have happened. You're right, Mrs. C. I mean, but, but here's the thing. Did she not sort of become 
the mother of fawns. She did. That's exactly. So I think there's merit. That's why she lasts as long as she did. But, you know, you can't just look up and be like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to count this show. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, man, here, tough stuff. Uh, what do you do here? I, I tell you what, I'm going to take Edith Bunker off. I don't blame you. Uh, she played, she was there. To, you know, all these women, we're going to look at them. All of them played the wife role. A lot, uh, I think, at least, unless I'm. I'm but uh, when you think of her, you think of her as being the ditzy wife, even though she sometimes said Archie straight. She had a tough job because Gloria was, was such a different thinker. Yes. So that is a tough job to rein that in. And then you had Meathead there who just always threw grenades. And of those characters, I liked Meathead. I thought the Sally Struthers character too whiny. She oh, just got on my nerves. It wasn't that it wasn't her political beliefs or any of that. It was just she it was always whining and mad. So <laughs> And you think she got that from Edith? <laughs> so it was never said. it was never whining or mad. Uh, so we got Florida Evans, June Cleaver, Morticia Adams. Let me let me throw this on you real quick. Is this a is this a good, bad, or just mediocre uh, Edith impersonation? Archie. <laughs> is that more Marge Simpson, Lois uh, Griffin, or Edith? It had kind of a mix of oh, all three. Yeah, that was pretty good, but then it got kind of masculine at the end. So well, I think yeah, that was, well, but, you know, okay. mostly, mostly pretty good. Uh, so you're saying Gene Stapleton was masculine? <laughs> That's exactly my point. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to take June Cleaver off the board, although she's a wonderful mom. Too wonderful. Too perfect. Always patient. Just, you know, over the top. I think... Besides, I, I'm a huge Adams Family fan, and I love good times. And it, is there a tougher mom than Florida Evans? She was great. Oh, man, she was. She was tough in that hard scrabble life. Exactly. Uh, man, it, it, the thing about June, we've talked about it before. Ward seemed to be running that house, but man, Ward was not running that not house. Not at all. No, June, June was making it happen, and she's the only one of these I think who's ever jive talked on the movies. Before. <laughs> I love her in Airplane. <laughs> Tremendous. Barbara Billingsley. Hey, speaking out. of which, yeah, yeah, shout, go ahead. No, that's a shout-out to Barbara Billingsley. Absolutely. What a great role that was. And uh, Scott Johnson, who listens, we love him to death. UofL fan. I hope we didn't you know, hate on him too much earlier in the deal. But he, he retweeted, I follow that weird movie lines or weird movie brothers <laughs> yeah. or something. I and that. I sent out the one on Sam Kennison uh, having a, a role in Three, Three Amigos, Amigos, but it got cut. Whew. And Scott Johnson comes back at me with lines from Back to School, which is awesome, where Sam Kennison is the history teacher. Yeah. So thank you to Scott Johnson for bringing it up. It's a great show, and, and Sam Kennison is wonderful in that movie. Oh, man, I remember some Sam Kennison. We can't talk about some Sam no, Kennison stand No, you don't want to go into stand-up. But, but Back to School was <laughs> Back to School wasn't. And he, exactly. was, he was uh, He's just crazy history I don't teacher. think I knew who Sam Kennison was when, we, when I first saw that either. Right. So, so to see him in Three Amigos, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> He's not in scene. it. His, his, his scene got cut. Yeah, deli- but does somebody have that deleted scene? I don't know. Wow, that would be a sad, sad thing if that were lost, just that lost be, forever in yes. the bedroom floor. So I'm left with uh, Florida Patricia Adams and Florida Evans. You got it. And of course. For number two. Exactly. And then, of course, Miss Brady. Miss Brady always. Gonna win. Um, I'm going to the because because if I had to say, and this is the reason why, because if you said queue up six hours uh, marathon and uh, give you a bucket of popcorn and, and a Dr. Pepper. I'm going to sit and watch the Adams Family every time, and I'm going to laugh when uh, Morticia totally plays Gomez, by the way, to, to get him to just go wild by saying some Talks French. French, yes. So, so I've got to lose uh, Florida Evans, even though she's great, and keeping Morticia Adams at second place. Almost the winner. Almost. But, again... 
Carol Brady. Yeah, Carol Brady. We got to keep Carol Brady special this week. So, so that that's pretty awesome. Hey, great, great show, cast off there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed the show. Very excited for UK football and basketball, and also for everybody else out in the state. And one more uh, quick shout out to all the high school boys and girls coaches out there in the in the great state of Kentucky. Hope you're listening to the show, and good luck to everybody. Stay healthy. Have fun. Enjoy it. Don't stress. Well, It'll good luck right. to you and Coach Clem tomorrow night as you all travel to Warney. Thank you so much. We'll do our best. We'll be there watching. Uh, may do a couple of periscopes even from cool. uh, your all's game. I'll be there watching that with Joe Karen, who works at Warney. Hey, yeah. Do we have a clash there? Do we? Do, we, do I wear like a – do we sit in the you middle? You could do like do John that? Y. Brown. You could have a hat <laughs> that's you know, Warney's on one side. No, I can't. Right. But I'm saying, does she wear the Warney? <laughs> we got to sit in the middle. Maybe a sweater that has one of each. I'm not wearing. I'm, did you see Danny Cannell this week? Did you see my tweet? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Cannell wore one of those. Uh, it looked like uh, it was a it was a black turtleneck. So uh, I made an archer reference. But the turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, I saw the archer reference. It was yes. like apparently from a leatherback turtle. It was the biggest turtleneck ever. It was <laughs> it was twice as big as any any normal man should wear. I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna skip from that to this. You mentioned your buddy Turtle still listening. We gave him a shout out last week. Want to do that again? We thank everybody who listens. Yeah, for sure. Turtle, uh, Mop, listening, you know, all the guys. Josh Mackey, the all homers, your, all those guys. And uh, we're going to talk. David Rodriguez. Got to talk to those homers, man. We're going to do that, hopefully, and get up to Stoles maybe over Christmas break. That's what we hope to do. Which, let me say it again, the KY Sports Guy sponsored by Double D's Barbecue, Chilling, and Grilling, 270-590-5535. Also sponsored by Jerry Garris, 270-668-6948. And sponsored by the aforementioned Stoles Country Store since 1972, Marlinda Stoll, proprietor. Great show today. Make sure to check out all the sponsors. Go up. Uh, I still think there are a few t-shirts left. You can go up to uh, Main Street Custom Apparel. Go check out the website, guys. Check out the website. Anything else that you'd like to That's say? That's it. Coach? That's it. Have a great week, people. Hey, guys. Let's go watch those cats play. Let's do it. Uh, until next week, till Podcast 86. This is Podcast 85 for the KY Sports Guys. The KY Sports Guys. Dot com.